Welcome to the My Inner Tiger podcast. I'm your host, Sydney D. Camella. I'm also a wife, mother, master life coach, course creator, and spiritual Sherpa. Over the past few years, I have overcome extreme anxiety, depression, addiction, infertility, and chronic illness. And as a result, I've made it my life's mission to teach other women like you that no matter what battle you're up against, you have an inner tiger, a power within to create and manifest whatever your heart desires. If you are tired of being a victim and ready to be boss of your life, you have come to the right place. Each episode, I'm going to share tools, teachings, and techniques I have used and taught countless other women so that together we can create a life beyond our wildest dreams. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your inner tiger is just waiting to be unleashed. I'm so happy you've tuned in. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the My Inner Tiger podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. I have a dear, dear, dear friend, Ronnie, with me, and she is going to be talking to us everything meditation. So let me just give you a little background about how I know Ronnie. Uh, we met through a friend of a friend, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, through a vision board workshop. And um, I just was immediately drawn to her and her energy is, as you'll see in this podcast, like she's just so peaceful <laughs> and relaxing just to be in her presence. Um, there's just an energy about her that I'm completely drawn to. Fast forward to when I was in the hospital, Ronnie came and did some praying, uh, chanting type things over me, energy clearing type of, I don't even know what we'd call it, but it was really powerful uh, for me while I was in the hospital. And so she's just become such a big part of my life. I love and respect her so dearly. And um, I was super excited to bring her on as my very first guest in the My Inner Tiger podcast. And the thing with meditation is that meditation has been such a huge part of my healing journey. And it's been part of my healing my body, but it's also been a huge part of just the overall healing of my mind and my soul and my emotions. And I would never be anywhere close to where I am today as a human without this meditation practice that I have, um, that's just become, it's become everything for me, really. It's, it's the key. If someone were to say, what's one thing, just one thing you could tell people that would change their lives for the better and heal their mind, heal their emotions and heal their body, the one thing would be meditation. And so that's why it's so important for me to bring this early on in this podcast is because it's just something so integral to the healing process. So um, so I'm going to let uh, Ronnie tell us a little bit about her background and what brought her to be such a specialist when it comes to meditation. And, um, and so Ronnie, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. Hello. My name is Ronnie and I was in a career for about 10 years and I was really stressed out and I was struggling with depression and anxiety and just an overall chaotic mind. And after I discovered meditation, I completely fell in love. It changed my life. And so I left my career to 
to learn more about it and follow a few uh, gurus who I met who then spent the next five years teaching me everything they knew about meditation and um, spiritual discipline. And so that is what has brought me now today to sharing as much as I can about what I've gained from my time with them. Awesome. And so tell us a little bit about the science behind meditation and what it actually does for the parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah, it's one of the most studied benefits of meditation. And basically when we put ourselves into a meditative state, our parasympathetic nervous system activates. And this is the part of ourselves that tells our brain and our body it's time to heal. And something that has, um, it has, it's not a common experience these days because we're so busy. We're working over 40 hours. We both parents are working. Um, there's advertisements. We're on our phone. There's all kinds of emotional triggers that are going on in our lives that keep us from just relaxing and switching on that healing mechanism that our body natural ha naturally has. And so when it is activated, there's um, something in our brain called the amygdala. And this is the part that releases the stress hormones, tells the rest of our body that we need to go into a fight or flight response, that we need to react, that we need to protect ourselves or run away. It's that, it's that fight or flight. So it gets so overworked that we develop some, you know, some mental disorders, we get severe anxiety and so on. So when we, when we teach our bodies to relax, we teach our brain to relax, the amygdala actually starts to shrink that they found. So people who meditate have a much smaller amygdala than people who don't. So what that means is over time, the more we meditate, the, the, I, frankly, the better we get at it and the more calm we get and the more um, easy it is to put ourselves into that healing state. So these are the main things on top of that, you know, mental clarity, um, people are usually report being happier. There's even some studies who that have shown that the brain will get these sparks of insight and they'll see that these different parts of the brain firing off that normally don't get um, activated during normal living. And then all of a sudden you're getting this inspiration and you're getting this um, aliveness that comes from letting your brain sort of, you know, unload all the, the mental mess and invite in happiness and inspiration. Mm, absolutely. I mean, that, that explains so perfectly what my experience with meditation typically is. I mean, not every meditation is the same. They're all different, but those sparks of creativity, those sparks of information, um, inspiration, I mean, and uh, just, oh my gosh, the, the, uh, the way that it sort of just changes the, the brightness of the world for me, even like I can, I can go wake up in the morning and just, you know, be having an average day go have a really good meditation and come out and all of a sudden like the trees are greener, the sun's brighter. I'm noticing I'm much more present. I'm just noticing everything around me. I'm more grateful for all the things that I have even more. And so it's just, oh my God, it changes 
it just changes everything for you. It's, 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 it's the um, common denominator, I think, in really just living a more enhanced life. And then not to mention all the healing benefits, right? So um, yeah, so that's really good. And then I would also add into that, that um, it's connecting with your intuition. So having a daily or regular meditation practice helps you really get to know who you are at a core soul level. Um, and, you know, everyone talks about intuition, intuition. It's like, you know, some people, lots of people, probably most people are like, I don't know how to listen to my intuition. I don't know what that sounds like. Well, you wouldn't if you don't take the time to get still and quiet and learn what it actually sounds like. And so, um, you know, that's been another huge part in my transformation as well. So when we were talking before this, um, Ronnie, you were, you kind of talked about the scientific and then there was another point you wanted to make. And I can't remember what that was, but it was so good. So I'm going to pass it back to you to talk about that second bullet point that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, sure. And I, I think it was about the, just having a clear mind. And one of the things that my teacher always said was when you start meditating, you experience this mental diarrhea and you've had all this stuff, you know, throughout your life, you've been so busy and you've had so many things going on that you sort of shove it down and shove it to the side because you'll deal with it later. And you basically become mentally constipated. And so when you start to meditate, it might be challenging at first because you have all of this uh, mental diarrhea and it's just all these thoughts are coming. And what about this? And, you know, you should go and do the laundry right now and not sit and just all this stuff comes up. And so as you train yourself to, you know, sit still and discipline yourself and um, sort of just clear all that stuff out, then you have a more, you know, you're more open to the present moment, like you were mentioning, and um, you can start to have those more inspiring sessions of meditation. Yeah, definitely. And so that's the other thing is like society is so fast. And you were mentioning this earlier, like we're just bombarded constantly with information and our to-do lists are always so huge. Like you can't live in the world today without a really big to-do list unless, you know, you, you're able to commit to a practice of stilling your mind and getting quiet and and then it's like, it's like, if you just had this, I don't know, in podcasts is like, you can't do a visual in podcast, but if you, <laughs> you can't see me, but it's like, if you had this, just this really wavy life, right? If your life was just like a really spiky, wavy, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, everything just feels so chaotic. And then if you, when you start to implement a meditation practice, it just smooths out that line so that things don't feel so dramatic. And even when, you know, say something really crazy happens, like you wreck your car or, um, you know, your child gets hurt or something like things that really trigger me, for example, is, you know, instead of going into this crazy fight or flight, if you're, if you have a regular meditation practice, you're able to like sustain a certain level of peace throughout the chaos. And 
I didn't used to think that was even possible. <laughs> you know, like when I get triggered, I was just, and it was just like, okay, just avoid triggers. But now I get to live a life where I don't have to avoid triggers anymore. I get to like, just live. And when things happen, of course I get rattled, you know, worked up if it's not like, I mean, I'm human. If I wreck my car, or if my child gets sick or hurt, then of course I'm going to like get a little upset, but it's not going to overcome me and take, take over my state. I can think clear. I can make better decisions and I can understand, you know, a deeper level of life and how everything's kind of working for you, not to you. And it just becomes a whole different way to live. And it's beautiful. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you said it so well that, you know, meditation is the training for the rest of your life. And so meditation is not um, a luxury. It's not something that we should, we should relate to as something that I have to do, or I get to do, but rather it's the privilege to train yourself to sit still discipline yourself to work through all of that stuff in your mind and in your body and in your life. So that when you go out into your life, into the world, you can take what you learned and how, and how you grew on your meditation seat and apply it to everywhere in life. That is, that is the benefit of meditation. It's the outcome shouldn't be okay. You know, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go live on top of a mountain and do nothing. And like, the more I meditate, you know, that's where I'm trying to direct my life. It's more, how do I learn to sit still and like be that eye of the storm, sit still amongst the chaos and not react and not get emotional and over, overly emotional. Um, and just really quick on that, there is, you know, good emotion. We want to have healthy emotional responses. So I I don't want to step over that comment because it is really important that we embrace our emotions, but that's different than, you know, getting angry because someone cut you off, you know, and if you can learn to sit still in that circumstance, it's just so much healthier. And it's, and again, it comes back to our earlier statement of teaching that amygdala, you're okay. You don't need to release all these stress hormones to get me all worked up so that I react to this circumstance right now. Right. And this brings, that brings me to the idea that high stress, high fight or flight, high anxiety, like living in that space will ultimately cause disease. And I talk a lot about this in all the work that I do. I talk a lot about it in my course, the break free from stress and anxiety course. I mean, Eventually, if we continue to live these fight or flight, high stress lives, eventually something will give out, whether it's your health, your relationships, anything, something's going to have to give because it's not sustainable. And that's the thing about our lives today. Just look back to like the eighties. It was a whole different ball game, even just the eighties, right? It was a whole different ball game on just how life was lived. We didn't have all of these different things coming at us at once. So it's not our fault. It's just, it's the way that the world works today. And in order to really thrive in this world, the way it is today, we have to implement some kind of process that keeps our humanness at bay. <laughs> that keeps our humanness like 
you know, at a, at a functioning level and meditation and slowing down. The real thing I think is slowing down. We have to learn to pump the brakes and slow down. And meditation is truly the best way to do that. I mean, that's what I've found. I can't really, you know, there's Tai Chi and, you know, yoga and some other things that you could implement, but a real meditation practice is the best thing for your mind and, um, and to keep you healthy and safe. And then to be able to like, get in touch with your body, know your body and, and learn what your body needs because your body is always talking to you. It is always talking to you, whether you can hear it or not, it's always speaking. And so how do we learn to know what it's saying? We slow down, right? Yep. And, and sorry, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing before I forget the, the meditation to be a meditator, <laughs> you don't have to be, like you said earlier, you don't have to go quit your job and go live with the gurus and, and meditate on top of a mountain to have this kind of lifestyle. You don't have to be one of these like super omi people, <laughs> you know, that's like a monk or like wearing these fancy clothes, like, no, meditation is for everybody. And I hear all the time people saying like, oh, that's just not for me. I can't do it. Meditation, you know, I just can't meditate. I'm not built that way. And I get what you're saying because I've been there, but it's absolutely just a limiting belief. It's, uh, it's false information that you're believing about yourself because everyone has the ability to slow down. Sometimes it's just a lot harder for others. And so I want to get into a little bit, um, Ronnie, about like the technical part of meditation. Like, what would you, what would you say to a person who says, I can't meditate. It's not for me. It's too hard for me. I can't sit that still. What would you say to them? I would start out by saying meditation is work. And when you sit down, you go to work. This isn't about you can't sit down and meditate and clear your head and you, you know, you're not peaceful and, and whatnot. I would bet that if you don't think you have the time, and if you don't think that you can do it, it's because you're not looking at this like it's work. It's work to sit there. And it's the kind of work that will change your life. So if you, if you take the time and go slow and set a, set a sustainable goal. This isn't about trying to tell yourself, well, I'm going to sit and meditate every morning. Start out by saying, I'm going to sit and meditate for 30 seconds for three days. And that's it. 30 seconds. And you set that timer. And when 30 seconds is up, you stop, you stop and for three days and then take another three-day commitment. And now I'm going to meditate for one minute for three days. And you build like this. If you think you can start at a higher number, that's fine. I remember the first time I tried to sit and meditate, I sat down, I put on the music in my ears, I closed my eyes. And after five seconds, I freaked out. I could not deal with the darkness behind my eyelids. And I could not deal with the thoughts inside my head. And I didn't try to meditate again for years, but when I did finally sit down, this is how I did it. I did the work. I said, I'm going to do this for 30 seconds. Even if it kills me, 
I'm going to sit here for 30 seconds. And I remember checking that clock every five seconds. I couldn't believe five seconds, the longest five seconds of my life, but you put in the work and I, and I promise you, once you get to five minutes, it's going to get so much easier to do. Five minutes is easily going to turn into 10 minutes. And once you hit that 10 minute mark, so what they found is that once you get to that 10 minute mark, your brain actually goes into um, a delta state. You, your brain finally starts to calm down. So do whatever it takes to get to that 10 minute mark, because that's when you're going to start to see the difference. Um, my, my teacher always would tell us that every movement of the body is a movement of the mind. If you find that you can't sit down because you're in pain or you're fidgety or anything like that, make adjustments so that you can sit still. If you have to fidget, if you have to do all this stuff, it's gonna make it even harder. So however you can sit comfortably, that's gonna make a difference for you as well. Organize your time. You know, If you know that your kids usually get up around eight and they distract you, then wake up at six. It's only going to be, you know, and then just sit down right, you know, on the side of your bed somewhere easy. Just make it doable and do whatever it takes to get to that 10 minutes and put in the work. It's, it'll change your life. It's worth it. Absolutely. And it, it took me years. I mean, you know, it wasn't until after I, my whole kidney failure hospital experience that I got desperate. And I knew I needed to figure out how to really get good at meditation. I would do it occasionally here and there, you know, going through coaching school, that was a, a big thing that we did a lot, but I still never like gave it the credit or the time commitment that it deserved, um, mainly because I hadn't really felt the benefits yet. And it was, you know, I was still too go, 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 go. I was still, you know had I not gotten sick enough to really know that I needed to do whatever the heck I needed to do to figure out how to heal my body. I knew that people could heal their body naturally. I'd seen other people do it. I had heard all the stories and all the teachers and the spiritual teachers talking about how your body wants to heal itself and it can. And I was like, well, then I got to figure out how to do it. And it, you know, meditation was at the core of all of that teaching. And so you know, I was sort of forced to not forced. I mean, it was obviously my own free will, but if I wanted to get better, I needed to learn how to meditate. And I did. And it was very hard at first because I wanted everything now. That's the other thing. And in society, we want everything now. In a lot of ways we get that. We get that instant gratification with our smartphones and our computers and everything. It's just the way we're wired. But here again, learning to slow down and learning that things don't happen so quickly. And no one wants to hear that these days. This is literally the exact opposite of what anyone wants to hear in the world right now. And that's what we're dealing with. Like, that's the big aha is that back to the whole, it's not sustainable. We can't live the lives that we truly want to live without incorporating something to slow us down and to get us quiet and get in touch with ourselves. But the benefits, huh, I mean, the benefits outweigh everything, everything. Trust me. I mean, I put my life on the line to tell you that you start a meditation practice, your entire life will change. And it's that simple. It doesn't cost anything. It's easy. 
it's, I mean, it becomes easier, right? And it will become as, as important as brushing your teeth at some point, because you'll realize like, this is the work I need to do to have the life I want to have. It doesn't just come free, doesn't come natural. And guess what? Another newsflash, it doesn't come natural for anybody. No one living in this world just is born into the world and just has life so easy and they never have to put any kind of work into you know, creating this, this beautiful mental clarity, peaceful life that, that we all crave. That doesn't exist. And if you think it does, you're mistaken. You know, we think it does because we follow all these people on social media and we see that they seem to be living these great lives. And then how many times do you see on the other side, their lives are just falling apart, you know, because that's not real. Real life takes work. It takes work to like actually have the peace that you want to have. And um, so, yeah, so, so let's get a little bit um, technical here. So how do you recommend we sit or lay or be or act or do <laughs> during meditation? What would you say about that, Rami? Yeah, I think it all depends on the goals of the meditation. And I think understanding your intention, your goal for the meditation is a great place to start and is actually um, accompanies what we were just talking about, about doing the work. So if you just want to relax, if you just want to, you know, w walk through a forest, whether you're sitting or lying down is fine. Um, if you don't mind falling asleep, if you, you know, lying down is usually a favorite of, of my students when they just want to relax. And there's nothing wrong with that. But as far as really getting the benefits of what meditation like the possibility that it can bring into your life um it's it's not it's not best for that um i always tell people that there's no wrong way to meditate there's just more effective ways to meditate and when you train yourself to sit in a cross-legged position comfortably i usually tell them to have like don't tie your legs because sometimes your foot can fall asleep but just have them like you know one foot in front of the other sort of in a cross leg but not crossed and train yourself to sit up straight so a lot of people don't have the back strength for that right away but it is something that will develop over time and quite quickly so um, if you imagine that you have that rod coming down from the top of your head down into your, you know, down your spine to your base, that's how straight you want your spine. And yoga helps to develop those. Um, it's the erector spinae group that keeps it up, those back muscles. Um, so sitting like that is best. It puts your whole nervous system into a state that when you regulate your breathing and you activate that parasympathetic nervous system, that all of the um, blood and all the things that, you know, the, the breath that's coming into your body, the way that your hormones are going to be talking to your body throughout the meditation, it's an ideal way to be sitting for that. I would add a little bit to that. I still put a folded up towel underneath my tailbone <laughs> 
because my back still isn't that strong. I do need to go back to yoga, but, um, but I always just have the, the extra support under my tailbone. So you can sit on pillows or anything like that, but that's how I meditate. So what about yeah, that's great. That's great. I, my, my teacher was very strict with us. We had to learn to sit a certain way, but you're absolutely right. You have the same straight spine and that support is great. Yeah. So what about your hands? So, um, Typically what I tell people is that if you have your hands face down, um, that's sort of keeping your energy and your awareness into your body. So if you're working on healing, if you're working on um, keeping yourself you know, tight in, then I would have your, your hands resting on your legs facing down. Um, if you're in a more receptive state and you're inviting in inspiration and things like that, then you'll wanna have your hands facing up. Uh, when you start, you know, you people have probably seen images of people, you know, holding their pointer and thumb together and, you know, um, the, that would be called a mudra. And there's different ways that you could hold your fingers in particular mudras. Um, there's been studies about this and basically you have your entire you know, there's so many nerve endings in your hands and your hands are the most, um, like your whole brain is represented in your hands. So as you hold different mudras, they, the, how they say is that your brain will be directed in a particular way. Um, with that being said, my teacher was not big on this. He was he was more, he emphasized more um, regulated breathing, sitting straight and focusing our attention on our goals. So that like on the meditation and not letting our mind wander. Okay. That makes sense. And yes, I'm the same with the hands up versus hands down. It just depends on whether you want to feel more grounded hands down or bring something in, like you're inviting in something you'd put your hands up. So um, what do you say about a guided meditation versus a quiet meditation or versus just listening to music? Yeah, so I will uh, bring up the goals again. Um, if you if you want to relax, um, a guided meditation through a forest is a great way to do that. Um, if you want inspiration, then a guided meditation on like connecting in with your body is a really good one. There's body scan meditations. There's, um, there's ones that will get you in touch with different parts of your psyche. And so those are very, very useful if you're trying to get inspiration or understanding about certain topics. Um, healing meditations or body scans are really good for that. And also visualizing light and visualizing things that um, trigger your brain and your uh, imagination to be like receptive of those positive things. And if you are just working on discipline and clearing your mind, I would recommend silent meditations. They are challenging at first. They do get better. Um, I personally prefer silent meditations with mantra. 
I was not able to do that in the beginning. I had to meditate for quite some time before my brain was clear enough to be able to do it. Um, but once you can, that's when the, the real discipline comes in. So when I first, you know, when, when you start doing that silent meditation or with a mantra, your brain is going to start trying to get you to get up immediately. It's going to say, you need to go do the dishes. Um, you need to go write that email. What if somebody's trying to call you right now? I mean, just every possible thing to get your body moving, your brain is going to do. And this goes back to every movement of the body is a movement of the mind. As your mind is like, you know, going, going, it's trying to get your body to move. So I think the most effective meditation is training. If it's when I say effective, the most effective in your discipline that's going to positively impact all the other areas of your life is training yourself to sit still and not listen to those voices. And they do eventually get quieter and they do eventually go away. And then you're just, you're there, you're there with yourself, you're there with your inspiration, you're there with your healing and focusing on your breath or focusing on a mantra will help keep you there. Yes, absolutely. So what I would add to that from my own personal experience is coming from someone who did not follow gurus around and who's just a really normal average person who tried to start meditation only, you know, a year and a half ago, did I really um, dedicate myself to doing this? So you're not doing it wrong. That's the biggest thing that I want to tell you is that I used to have this voice in my head all the time for the longest time, especially in the beginning, like you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it. You're not going to get the benefits. You know, X, it just would keep going on and on and on. But that was always a voice I had in my head about multiple things in my life. You're doing it wrong. You don't know what you're doing, <laughs> you know? Um, but that's false. You absolutely are not doing it wrong. Whatever you are doing to slow down your mind and slow down your body um, to get that quiet time and get that connection is right for you. So as long as you're putting in that effort, you know, you're doing the right thing. And it, it takes a lot of practice. I practice. I don't want to give you the illusion that the day you start meditating, that everything in your life is going to change. That is absolutely not true. In fact, the beginning of starting to meditate can be incredibly frustrating, but just like anything, it takes practice. You know, you don't go to your first yoga class and already know how to do everything. Like you know, you, you don't know it's, it's not easy and, but you have to build it up. You don't go to your first gym and think like, you know, I know how to use all this equipment. No, you don't, <laughs> you don't know how to do it. You got to learn as you go, but that goes for anything. So just keep the commitment, keep the integrity and the commitment with yourself, which is such a huge part of, um, you know, just getting anywhere with getting, gaining progress in your life is to keep your commitments. Um, so just start like, like Ronnie said, with something really small, start with 30 seconds. If that's what you need to do for me, I started with five minute guided meditations and I just did the five minutes. 
I didn't judge it after I was done as to whether or not I did it right or if I got what I was supposed to be getting. I just did it and I moved on. I did it and I moved on. I did it every single day. And, you know, you're, you have to commit to it for yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. And so making that commitment and sticking to it is, is pretty much like 50% of the battle, right? Like if not more, it's just keeping that commitment to yourself and build up from there. So guided meditations, I personally found are the best. I still do guided meditations. Sitting in complete silence is still extremely hard for me. I get much more out of a good guided meditation. So where do I find those guided meditations? I would say that I do the most on YouTube. I just type into YouTube what I want to look for. Like if, if that day I need clarity or I need healing, which I've done so many healing meditations for my body trying to heal it, obviously. Um, I just do healing meditation. And you could even put in like 10 minutes because I don't typically go over 20 minutes. 20 minutes is way too much for me. Anything after 20 but between 10 and 20 is where I've kind of landed. I've, I've found that to be my beautiful spot, but everyone's different. Everyone's going to have their own spots. Um, and so you can even put in the time. So 10 minute healing meditation, boom, you'll get so many come up on YouTube. Um, or you've got insight timer, which is another one. Both of these are free. Uh, I know that Ronnie is actually on insight timer. So um, at the end, I'll have her tell you how you can find her there. Um, there's two others that I've dabbled in in the past. I didn't love them and they do eventually charge you, but they're great for just teaching you like how to meditate. So Headspace is one for really giving you like a foundational understanding of how to sort of quiet the thoughts in your mind. I found that useful. I started that a couple of years ago. It probably did give me a good foundation. Um, it's an app or you can do the Calm app which is another one that you eventually have to pay for. It's really good. Um, they both have good guided meditations. It's all up to you. Um, but if you're just looking to start out for something for free, uh, YouTube and Insight Timer, I think are the best. And you can just search for whatever you want in there. Um, and then Ronnie, how can they find you on Insight Timer? Yeah, so the, the link to my profile is, I N S I G dot H T forward slash Ronnie. So R A N I. Okay. So I it's a little, that. yeah, they put a period like they it's insight slash Ronnie, but they put a period after the G and insight. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. Insight timer is an app you can download and, um, and I will put in the show notes how you can get a link to, to Ronnie's page. Um, awesome. What else, what else do we want to say? Is there anything else you want to add about meditation in general? There's so many things I would love to share. I'm such a huge part of my life. Um, I think some of the key things to keep in mind when you're either starting meditation or, or refinding it is your intention and your commitment. These are the two pieces of the formula that are gonna make it a big difference in your practice and are gonna keep you coming back and bring you to the level of attainment that you're looking for. So 
if you're like having that intention, is your intention to, you know, relax at the end of the day? Is your intention to clear your mind? Is your intention to heal? Is your intention to find that higher inspiration? Is your intention to, um, frankly, become more efficient? Because that is the result of dedicated, disciplined meditation as well. Um, is your, you know, there are meditations that are designed to um, help you attain levels of proficiency and um, intelligence that you didn't have before because disciplining your mind is what you know what intelligent people do so there there's all these ways that you could approach your meditation but knowing your intention is going to direct your practice so that's one and then the next is the commitment so just like anything that we want to see the results for what you know take those commitments i'm i'm going to do this for five days i'm going to do this for a week okay i'm going to do this for 30 days now 30 days is a great place to really kick up your meditation practice if you can do the same thing or similar things every day for 30 days you know we all know that's how you create a habit right so being able to do that is a huge milestone and i would highly recommend making a commitment like that but then again, it's also, so like I have a commitment every season to do these nine days of dedicated intense meditation sessions. And I put these programs together so that other people can join me because I know how valuable it is. And each season is, is curated for whatever makes sense for that season. So I do that. I've been doing that for years. Um, along with my daily meditation. Yes. And I would add that I do her nine days. What do we call it? The nine sacred days or nine sacred yep. nights? Nights. Yeah. Nine sacred nights. Nine sacred nights. Um, that's what she does every season. It's like a nine days of guided meditation and just amazing information like inspirational information and she, the emails that she sends out are just full of knowledge. And I don't even know how to say how much I look forward to these nine nights or days um, each season. It's just amazing. And so, um, and I will tell you, Ronnie is an absolutely gifted meditation guider person. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. I don't know what you call someone who guides meditations, but she I mean, every time I do it, I'm, I end up just incredibly inspired or in tears in a good way, or, you know, just it's incredibly moving. And so I, I never, ever miss her nine day meditations. Like it's just amazing. And so in order to sign up, if you're interested in getting those, you would want to go to her website. It's inhaleandrelease.com. And um, I don't know if, how would they, when they go to the website, how would they get involved in that? Yep. Uh, the best way is to sign up for the mailing list. And I'll have, I usually post about the upcoming nine nights. And if you're signed up to the mailing list, you only ever get emails from me when I'm doing something 
exciting. So I don't, you know, usually send emails out otherwise. So you won't get spammed or anything. So it's not risky to sign up. And um, that's how you'll always stay in touch and always know when the next nine nights is. Yes, definitely, definitely sign up for that. I will put the um, link to the website in the show notes as well. And um, yeah, so that, I think that concludes everything I wanted to say about it. Um, you too. All right, awesome. Yep. So um, thank you so much, Ronnie, for being on this podcast with me today. You're my first guest. Yay, I couldn't <laughs> wait to get you on here. I feel honored. Thank you. Absolutely. And I hope that um, my listeners got something really valuable. I would love to hear how you're doing with this. If you really loved this episode, um, please screenshot a picture of it and post it on social media with hashtag my inner tiger or at my inner tiger. And, um, and let us know how your meditation is going. I am dying to know if anyone's taken us up on this and how it's changing your life. It's it's absolutely just incredible the impact that meditation, a daily practice of meditation will have on your life. And I also want to say that dailies can sound really intimidating to some people. And I, there's, you know, there's some days that I don't do it because things happen, right? I mean, we're not, I'm not saying you have to be so strict, so don't give up if you can't get to it every single day. I mean, as much as possible, if you can, I mean, it's a great thing to just be in the habit of doing right. Um, but don't, you know, think you're, you can't do it because you can't do it every day. Um, just do it as much as you can and you will see the benefits. And then eventually you'll be like, I don't want to miss my meditation today because I know how amazing the benefits are. Right. So Anyway, again, thank you so much, Ronnie, for being on this podcast. And uh, that's all for now. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of My Inner Tiger. Before you go, I have a free gift to offer you. If you're anything like me and struggle with overwhelming feelings of stress and anxiety on a regular basis, I invite you to download my Freedom in Five formula where you'll discover how to change your state in less than five minutes. This is my beautiful gift to you and costs $0. So head on over to myinnertiger.com forward slash freedom to download this now. Also, if you loved what you heard today, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes so I can keep the ball rolling. And finally, if you're not already, come follow me on Instagram at myinnertiger for more juicy goodness and fun inspiration. I can't wait to connect with you there. Now, my dear friend, go out into this world and create some magic. I'll catch you on the next episode.